all all of that like impact that happened because I I knew and I knew it from like the people who experience it, right? Then because I have like a full vision of the original story of the original challenge, I I work uh, with like uh, a tailored solution that actually have suit that the challenge and that gives like a result and impact. So I just believe that if we want to, to make impact and do things that really actually impact the lives of people and bring real change, we need to understand. And when we understand, we can better work with those people without resistance. So it means that both the parties will be motivated that, okay, yes, this is what I want. So let me just work. Right. It brings a different energy yeah. than extrapolating on people's needs, mm. extrapolating on how okay, maybe they want this. I think that is the main reason uh, we have like organization spending billions and billions of money in projects that at the end of uh, the execution period, we 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 just struggle to understand the impact or we feel so disappointed mm. because maybe the way we handle it somewhere somehow was not fitting and or maybe we were trying to force it to fit in africa we have what we call ubuntu right so ubuntu it means that i am because you are right i am because you are so it means that I can be forget because uh, of Thomas. I can be forget because of my community. My community can be a community because of me. So those are the like type of values that uh, I carry. Hey everybody, and welcome back to Brim. What you just heard was a quick snippet from my amazing conversation with Forget. Sharika. And amongst other things, we get into development work and how to strategize and plan that work in the right ways. Also, how to build an organization based off of understanding the real challenges for a local community rather than extrapolating what you think they might be. And finally, the concept of shared prosperity and how to apply that concept into your work with yourself, your team, and your community. Hope everybody enjoys and thanks for being here. Awesome. Well, super excited today to have with us Forget Sharika. Um, and the two of us had a chance to meet uh, coming out of COP26. Um, so it's been an absolute blessing and amazing opportunity to get to know Forget a little bit better. Um, and, you know, Forget, would you give us a little bit of an introduction to you and um, your childhood and maybe how you've got to where you are today? Um, and then we would definitely love to jump into a little bit about Chashi, your company, um, and also CamFed as well, if you're open to that. Okay, that's fine. And thank you so much. A pleasure to have the meeting again. 
So um, I lost my mother when I was seven. And uh, that was the time I moved and started to stay with my paternal grandmother. By that time, she was um, 85, um, if not 87. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> because, you know, she used to say, ah, you know what, during the liberation struggle, when people got to get uh, national identities, and if you don't know the day you were born, then the national registrar will just look at your face and just to give you maybe a debt, or they will just ask you of natural phenomenon. So for example, there are a lot of people who could say, oh, I was born in the year of locust. So Zimbabwe, in Zimbabwe, there was like locust invasion. So people like those kind of simple things people could relate. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I grew up in the Northern part of, uh, of Zimbabwe with her and uh, my my cousins and yeah she she was uh, a super hero a super woman a woman to me and um you know she could just do she could just go an extra mile to make sure that uh, we are well fed to make sure that um i go to school regardless the fact that uh, she was very old um, in age and she was a subsistent farmer. So uh, I think that uh, really shaped maybe um, my, that really shaped actually my career and uh, the initiatives that uh, I work on. Right, so the community I just grew up in is, uh, is a marginalized community, but uh, I don't regret growing up in such kind of uh, environment because uh, absolutely that environment shaped the person that I am today. So it, uh, it, it just happened for a purpose. Uh, to me, in my own opinion, it, it happened for a purpose. Um, that's I could do something um, in terms of uh, development work. So um, uh, when I finished, when I was almost finishing my primary school, uh, she didn't have um, money to send me to secondary school, which is uh, a reality for, for many girls uh, in rural communities, not only in Zimbabwe, but in the Southern Sub-Saharan Africa. For example, in, uh, in Zimbabwe, so we can say that uh, only 14%, uh, according to UNICEF, of uh, the children could just sell through like the secondary education and um, only a percent can actually um, reach to uh, upper secondary school. So you, uh, from that statistics, you can just say that it's a, it's a fraction, right? Uh, then uh, I'm so grateful to organizations uh, such as World Vision, uh, the BIM. So BIM is the government-like initiative that also help uh, orphans 
get um, education and uh, world vision. So then comfort just came at uh, a critical point in my life because I was to go to secondary school and there was no money. So uh, Comfort decided that they could take me to secondary school. Um, they did an extraordinary thing. Um, I, that extraordinary thing is understanding like the needs beyond school fees because yeah. sometimes um, organization can say, okay, the problem is only school fees. But there is also like after you pay school fees, what comes next? You need things like stationery, uniforms, and most of like the schools, especially in rural areas, are located so far away. Or maybe a rural district can have like maybe two or three servicing secondary schools. And so that means um, most of the children have to walk uh, long distance to go to school so that was um the case with uh, myself so for example in my primary school i used to walk 12 kilometers and the secondary school was located three kilometer away from um the primary school so that could make it 15 kilometers so to and from school that would mean like 30 kilometers a day. So that kind of uh, distance, it's not productive for a student to go to school, come back and start and catch up with with others, especially in school. So Comfort uh, thought that the safest environment for me to be was in a boarding school. So um, they sent me to a boarding school and they could provide me with stationery, uh, and make sure that I don't miss class and come with um, sanitary pads. And uh, sometimes, uh, like due to financial constraints, the family couldn't uh, afford maybe giving me a tag. So tag is that kind of food you carry to a boarding school that when you're studying or when you're at a start, you can actually eat. Because at boarding school, people eat around 5.30 or 6.30. And you need, you go, you start two, three hours. By the time you come back, you'll be hungry, (laughs) right? (laughs) And it's a lot of subject. Then you also need to work maybe midnight to to read. So that was uh, the support I received from Comfort. So that that was for six uh, good years uh, through my secondary school, my high school. Mm-hmm. So um, I said comfort is uh, extraordinary. Yes. I'm not saying so because uh, I'm part of comfort, but I'm saying so because of the work actually people can just like uh, see through and okay, this is actually a real thing. So when I finished the form for um, uh, one of my brothers fell ill and had a stroke and I, I had to just, my brother said, you can go and stay with um, the sister-in-law, helping her to take care of my brother. And I think I went, I was supposed to start like earlier for usually in Zimbabwe starts in uh, February. I wasn't in school 
to uh, yeah i started like high school 28 june to be precise so you can see that like everyone was actually refusing me that ah you can't just come you fail actually you will not pass so comfort made an extra effort uh they were just hunting down me like where is she we need her back to school so you can just find that there are few organization actually who like do such kind of uh, work that okay we invested in her we can't see her where is she we need her back to school um then after yeah things were were not okay so you can just imagine if we couldn't uh, afford secondary school what more university so um, uh yeah i could just now that is where the comfort association network which is uh, a network of uh, comfort beneficiaries that uh, we are actually like pushing for change <laughs> in our community right yeah, yeah. so um, those were the were my sisters i think like that that day you are you attended cop you had more of karma so they could just help me actually get money to go to comfort offices where there is internet i helping me applying because um i was just from a rural area i don't shy off from that because that history uh, also says a lot about where i'm coming from and where i'm going so i didn't even know about like how to go on internet actually google things because i grew up in an area where when a person may have a phone like now these things changed but by that time like people had phone only for making calls so everything was <laughs> everything was new so i could go there um they downloaded the application they said right and they could just okay see okay maybe let's try to help you shape like they could understand the english wasn't good, that good at that time okay she wanted to say this maybe you can say it like this better way right again and they submitted my application to eth university actually it was submitted through comfort email because i didn't even have an email address yeah so the email address that i use uh it was created by julius mbuga who was once in admissions office at eth university so when i got admitted it was like I don't have your email address I'm like I don't even have one. <laughs> so Julius created for me like my Gmail, right? Awesome. So at at the university that's like where everything changed. Um I also like I'm very grateful for for work through at the university because I think their mission um uh, is um you know is that is such kind of education that we need if we want to change um the world because at at the university they believe in uh actually forming leaders and agents of change people and this can... this is the university in costa rica correct yeah and uh they believe so much in sustainability shared prosperity So I love that concept of uh, shared prosperity, right? That I can be successful and share my success with uh, the community back home, the same with comfort. 
that uh, my education also should benefit um, the community where I come from. So I was awarded the MasterCard Foundation Scholarship. I went to Earth University, but when I went, I didn't have a clear, I didn't have a clear um, vision. I went there in my mind that I want to get a degree. When I get a degree, I'll come back and um, find a very good job because of the education and the exposure that I had, I started thinking out of the box that, ah, okay, where I come from, actually, agriculture is life, is everything. So why can't I do something to, to help the farmers, right, in my community? Why, why can't I do something that actually benefits my community? Um, and I think I become more of a, a humanitarian and a business-minded person, a person who thinks like, okay, if we live on agriculture, how best we can make that agriculture a development too. So when I was in second year, actually, I founded the first organization. That was in uh, 2000 and, um, 2017. So I founded Life Warp Future Association. Uh, which is say, a say that again. I want to make sure people hear that. Yeah, Life Hope Future Association, which is uh, a non-governmental organization that supports the indigenous Doma people in the northern part of Zimbabwe. They have a unique story being indigenous, marginalized with history of not having like education and living a backward life and struggling to transition from hunting and gathering to agriculture. So I just sensed that my agricultural, school, uh, my agricultural skills could actually help these people um, develop in this transition and to foster actually uh, inclusion with the other members of the community. Because these Doma people are people like uh, who most of them born with the uh, a condition that they born with three missing feet um, in, uh, in toes. So that is like a source of discrimination. So that is something which is not right. So, yeah. So that was like the first organization. So, so cool. I don't think I, I, I don't think I knew about that one. That's amazing. Yeah. Because I didn't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Awesome. So that I we like so Life Warp Future Association provide them with a sustainable agriculture and agribusiness as well as entrepreneurial skills. So it at the end of the day, it ended up like now supporting like more people going like extending to the rural farmers. So we have the garden project and the goat rearing project and the proceeds actually goes like uh, the family incomes and goes to initiatives to support uh, education. And with the other three, two co-founders uh, for, I think that was 2000 and like when we started 2017, we supported actually 208 children Wow. Get education, right? So it's it's something that because comfort 
believed me like because comfort laid the foundation <laughs> right and would, yeah, would you, just back yeah. up quickly would, would you give a quick background on CampFed as well because you know the panel that I heard you speak on was called um, African Women's Grassroots Climate Action and there were three or four representatives from CampFed on that panel I believe and there seems mm-hmm. to be a, amazing work obviously in supporting young women through education, um, uh-huh. but also this crossover into climate justice as well. So mm-hmm. uh, sorry to interrupt, but I, I think some background on CAMFED would be really, really amazing here. Okay, so uh, basically CAMFED serves uh, young women and girls in impoverished districts in the sub-Saharan Africa uh, you know, tackling poverty, turning uh, the tides of uh, of poverty the way like we mm-hmm. usually um, put it through providing uh, education and or education opportunities. So we are talking of quality education. And I think like you can understand from uh, the brief background that I give you so yeah, it started, I think, operations 1992, if not mistaken. And uh, it has supported like our oh, millions and millions of, uh, of kids getting education. And uh, it has the Comfort uh, Association, which is uh, now a network uh, of those girls supported by Comfort. And it's uh, good to mention that now they're even now supporting boys and children living with uh, disabilities. Uh-huh. So the Comfort uh, the Comfort Association network actually most of the those girls uh, support uh, other maybe two, three children in their community to go to school. So that is like sort of a multiplier effect. Right. So you can just imagine if they take through maybe 100 girls through university uh, or through college, when they're done, they also work so hard on voluntary basis to give back to their community also sending like the other young girls to to school, right? So that's about comfort. And um, we need to go beyond uh, education because uh, when we are talking of uh, the gender issues, uh, we also talk of empowerment. So comfort actually empower its uh, alumni network. And maybe the question is how Comfort give a revolving funds at 0% interest that they can give you money, you start the business, and they know that when you start that business, you actually um, increase, you know, the chances of your family getting good, a decent income, employment, and you also support other children. So that's why uh, they just say, okay, zero interest and you know that in the African context uh, or in any other world when people are giving loans they just look at the five C's and the collateral is I think the worst thing especially when we are dealing with uh, people from marginalized or poor communities where they're going to get the collateral security. So they remove that barrier and make sure that uh, the, the girls or ladies 
um, are getting the support to start their own business. And also just to remember that it's not everyone who is academically um, intelligent. And when they are giving support, they don't just give support to people who are intelligent, but they give an opportunity to every girl because everyone deserves that uh, education, right? So that's like something that actually helps. Like if some don't do well in school, they can still get a business support and still live um, a better a better life. And uh, because most of uh, most of the in most of the communities people live on agriculture, so Comfort actually started uh, the agriculture guide program, and you you had that day it that supported more than thirty five thousand women in rural uh, in rural areas so how i heard about it university because comfort send women in costa rica at the university to learn about sustainable agriculture so it's those women who told me about like uh-huh. all the good things about um at university so that's why i ended up applying to at university so that's the connection gotcha no that's <laughs> right. amazing So that's um, about Comfort. And if you want to learn more, you can actually go to the Comfort uh, um, website. There are a lot of uh, good stories. (laughs) Right. I'll make sure everyone has the the website for CamFed to to look at more. um, Yeah. Awesome. I remember you also told me uh, an amazing story of how CamFed was started. And the founder who came to Zimbabwe, and um, I know that that has impacted a lot of how you have thought about building your businesses. Um, so I hopefully that that sets you up for success here. Um, but do you want to tell us a little bit about that sort of founding story and um, you know working with the local communities uh, to figure out what the real challenges were and um, and I think I, I would love for people to hear a little bit about Chashi as well, if you'd be open to telling us yeah, about sure. that too. Okay. Yeah, cool. so, so, okay, let me just like finish. So after that Life for Future Association at, at the university 2018, or oh, now I had like more light. I now know how things works, but it was like still uh, a journey. That's uh, when I founded Chashi Foods. Um, yeah, so I, I, you know, like that same uh, approach, I went home before I went home, uh, we were doing the post harvest losses cost Mm -hmm. and cost in, uh, in class. So in that course, we learn a lot about how to preserve, like actually the agriculture produce and how it's actually a real uh, issue not only in Africa but in the Caribbean, in Latin America, in Asia. So I started getting, you know, you start to get ideas that okay, so this is a real, actually a real problem, where in where I come from. So I applied for Net Impact. Net Impact is a USA organization. Maybe you know about it. So, I don't think I've ever heard about a Net Impact. Yeah, it's called Net okay. Impact, right? So I applied for the food uh, solution challenge. 
then uh, they wanted me to host um, a program at school, at the university. So I asked them to host that at home <laughs> after yeah. my internship. So I went, I spent like, oh, almost my Christmas at the two biggest markets in Zimbabwe, Mbare, Mbare and Chachinoi. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, interacting with the farmers, see how they throw away, you know, the produce and the vendors as well, and helping some of them selling their stuff. So, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I, I wanted to create like such kind of an environment that I do not take like thing at uh, a face value, but I wanted to understand what is really like the challenge. And from there, uh, so that uh, we could come up with the solution that actually linked to the needs of people, not just assuming that maybe this is what the people want or not basing on the inter- information on internet. Obvious, it's, uh, it's complementary. So that's like what really makes Tashi Foods unique and actually made it like a unique uh, small startup because we understand like actually from the farmers, from the vendors, because those are the people in the value chain. If uh, the produce is from a farmer, it's getting into the hand of a vendor. Then from the hand of a vendor is now getting into the hands of the consumer. So I found actually my co-founder on Facebook. So because I, I, I oh, thought- cool. Yeah. <laughs> now, the first time I meet Prince, I went to, to Rwanda for a summit. We met, but we didn't talk. So the, the, the first okay. time I think I say hi is when I was doing a live for Life for, life for Future Association because I was doing a crowdfunding. Then when I posted mm-hmm. like, oh, I spent my whole day at this market and this is a problem, you just quickly hit my my messenger say okay what can we work together so that's how actually we started working together to make sure that we reduce the post harvest and food waste in Zimbabwe and just going beyond uh, in the sub-saharan Africa so while I was doing that going talking to the farmer direct prince was talking to the consumer uh-huh. So since actually we, we had like with, at first we wanted to work on tomatoes because like there's like that's a waste loss like that happened throughout the year so prince was doing uh, an online actually survey trying to understand do zimbabwean buy dried tomatoes and what they use it for while i was working on trying to ask the farmers what is the problem why are you throwing away uh the prices are models where are they coming from uh how do they feel when they're throwing food away at the end of the day we combine Mm -hmm. the information and i went back to school i spent the whole year like chashi started like (laughs) started 2018 2019 the whole year it was prototyping it was nice because Mm -hmm. i was in costa rica prince was here in the uk 
you could also not sleep, making sure that he's just asking me, how is it going in the lab? So I developed all like the products at, at the university with the help of uh, the food process, the food processing staff there. So we were working on the business plan, uh, getting like reaching out to people who can who actually potentially partner, who we can potentially partner with, and some became our partners. So that's how Chashi Food started. But operations actually started, hey, Jesus Christ, started <laughs> 2020 in February and Corona just declared. Oh my gosh, yeah. yeah. So I, <laughs> yeah, I always say, um, you know, I just always say um, Chashi Foods, it stand the test of time. And I know really why it stand the test of time. It's not an idea that we just came up with today and after three days or a week, just execute. It take time, like a lot of preparation, a lot of credit goes into the preparation that mm -hmm. went into it. And because we, we understood like what are the real challenges farmers face during that uh, pandemic time, we created a group actually that helped like the, the town farmers. You can just imagine because our target with the rural farmers, but we also helped the town farmers. They didn't have where to go and sell their stuff. We created a group which is now still functional and because people are now using it some sell groceries, clothes, and sometimes wow. say, okay, yeah. people just like lost the, lost the, like the original meaning, but say, okay, we created it for people to sell stuffs. And the, now the COVID restrictions are a little bit easier. So let them just continue. Yeah, because you know that uh, I could understand and with the sentiments that I could feel like, okay, that is the same way my grandmother could experience. Sometimes we just, oh, half like half five liter gallon of tomatoes because they are bad. We could just throw them away and, and she could say, throw them at the bin so that like when it rains, <laughs> they will germinate and actually we get the seedlings. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's sort of kind of stories I could hear from other women say sometimes they just say, okay, let me just take a seed because this is like a good variety. And because they throw away, they will not have enough money to buy uh, the seedlings for the next season. So they actually try to save. Or sometimes when they save the seed, they also try to give it to other people in the community. So that's, that is like the kind of understanding that I had. And I said, I coordinated the whole day of like saying farmers come and bring your stuffs at our gate. And you know, it's a, it's a rented premise. <laughs> nice, yeah. Right. They just come and started selling to people who were passing with the cars. Huh. And yeah, it, it just made me feel good that, okay, at least I provided a solution. And one of the farmer came with uh, more than 200 cabbages from Mazoe. Wow. And you sold, you left with 30. And we, I said, let's go to the bowl. I know where is the bowl where people fetch water. Let's yeah. carry that to the bowl. And you know what happened to the bowl? The local councillor test us, just to told him that it's not making sense. You know, I helped this farmer and he came from all along from Mazoe. 
and we sold at our gate and said no 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 because of covid people like will come here said like okay so that's how we ended up going back with i think that that there were 22 cabbage and they gave me some and i also gave those to other people <laughs> i admire your approach so much of just taking taking your time and being patient. I mean, I, I remember in our last conversation, you said, you know, it's important to not produce anything until you know exactly why it's important and who it's going to benefit. And even if you go a year or two without a product, that's okay. Right. Because you're taking the time to have conversations and to meet with people and to learn from them and with them. So I, I absolutely love that approach and I'm hoping to, to learn a lot from it. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I think like, like, it, go ahead. You go, you go. Yeah. So, you know, like all, all of that, like impact that happened because I, I knew and I knew it from like the people who experience it, right? And they experience it at a disadvantaged position. Mm. And I'm listening it maybe at a better position to act. Then because I have like a full vision of the original story of the original challenge, I, I work... Uh, with like uh, a tailored solution that actually uh, suits that the challenge and that gives like a result and impact. So I just believe that if we want to to make impact and do things that really actually impact the lives of people and bring real change, we need to understand. And when we understand we can better work with those people without resistance. I think like the issue of resistance always come into play because maybe either one of the part is does like lacks a full understanding of why they are doing something mm-hmm. and for what. And you lose time because maybe you are explaining or you want people to do something they are not understanding and it will also take them time to think about it, right? And if it's not something they want, they also maybe try to, you know, let you know or try to do it like whatever, because this is like, that's what they want. So work like development work should not be like that, should like motivate both parties, like both, both parties to work for the solution. And that only can happen when the beneficiary or and the person providing a solution that like really fits and interconnects very well. So it means that both the parties will be motivated that, okay, yes, this is what I want. So let me just work, right? It brings a different energy than extrapolating on people's needs Mm. extrapolating on how can maybe they want this i think that is the main reason uh we have like organization spending billions and billions of money in projects that at the end of uh the execution period we 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 just struggle to understand the impact or we feel so disappointed 
Mm. Because maybe the way we handle it somewhere, somehow was not fitting and or maybe we were trying to force it to fit, but because people see money ended up just like acting other way, like the other way around. But also it's, it's also something that is uh, applicable to people without a lot of money, but looking like to, to do something impactful because uh, sometimes like you have money, but money will not execute like the steps you need well like, yeah. like you need people so even if you have few or limited resources but with the motivation of people you can definitely make the best out of those limited resources yeah yeah well said and it, i think the the note that i wrote down from our last conversation was um you know understanding leads to tailored solutions Mm-hmm. versus extrapolation mm-hmm. which leads to failed impact and i yeah. love that I mean, and you and you just use that word again to the e- extrapolation of you know what what i from new york city might extrapolate as the challenge in zimbabwe versus actually going and understanding and speaking to people it's a it's a the two very different approaches. Um, I also love that. I remember you spoke about when you were just starting Chashi, Chashi mm-hmm. Foods for anyone who's, who's curious, um, you know, with limited resources, if you, if you knew, if you understood the challenges, then as soon as you had some capital to spend, you knew exactly what you were going to point that towards. Right. Mm-hmm. And knew what the priorities were. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think as a startup, there's so many, and I, I resonate with this too. There's so many different things that you could try to do or spend your money on. But yeah. if you don't understand the challenges, you're going to run out of that money pretty quickly. Um, yeah. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, I, you know, I think for, I guess, well, quickly, can you give us a quick background on Chashi Foods and what, what you guys are actually producing now that you've, you've spent the time learning from the farmers, um, learning from the consumers? Um, can you give us a sense of, of, of the product itself? And, you know, I've, I've looked into it and I, I'm going to try to find a way to get some, but uh, I, I think <laughs> other people would be excited to hear about it. Yeah, so we, we make, uh, because like the, the challenge or maybe part of the challenge is a lack of uh, robust cold storage facilities, right? So we just uh, think of uh, a way that we we prolong the shelf life of fruits and vegetables using something that is already known, drying technologies. It's, uh, It's not something new, not only in Zimbabwe, but to the whole world, the approach and um, what we added to it is an innovation length. So we produce like, um, so how we innovated around that? Buy direct from the farmers, right? And for, we have like a closed cycle. Anything that we buy that comes into the system, we process it, 
and also the residues, uh, especially like some of the residues, we test, we turn them into other products. So we, for example, when we are doing vegetables and we have residues, we make spices that we can actually make money also from the spices and making sure that uh, nothing is going into waste except the, the pineapples. Uh, now we are looking at something we can do with, uh, with the pineapples because now we are buying them from a cooperative that is doing organic farming, but before we, we just bought them from uh, the farmers. So some of them use like chemicals. So it wasn't like uh, good to turn them in another product, but they can actually like the pineapple spills, you can turn them into another product. So we make compost and we donate that compost to, to, to our land road for the garden. And the neighbors, when they want like a compost, you can say, we have a compost, come and get it. Or if a farmer come to deliver and we ask them, do you want a compost? We have a compost you can, you can have for free just to find it easier. It's something, although like it costs us money, but we get the product that we want and we can't like actually sell it to them yet they come and deliver the products. We just give like right. it free. Right, so it means that like zero waste in the whole processing system. And we wow. use, uh, yeah, we use, uh, that's how it becomes, it's a green business. So, and after like, I think after three months of operation, yeah, I think after like the first months of operation, the business, I won the Young um, Best Entrepreneur Award in the, in the green business. Well deserved. Oh yeah, like I think we produced two weeks, and I went for that competition, and because people loved the concept of uh, of the business, so you can just imagine that like the business, it just won like uh, a green, uh, a green award, and uh, I think also people's choice award, yeah, and the stuffs like that. So um, we have dried pineapples, dried bananas, um, dried mangoes, dried uh, apples, and we also offer drying services. If uh, you are a farmer, uh -huh. your own money, you now that service is now extended within without borders because maybe there is a commercial farmer who has the produce but wants to process it or the other business like they make different products but they're looking for a quality drying service so we offer that drying service and we offer training so during the pandemic uh, I talked about like how we created a group how we helped farmer come and sell their products at yeah. our gate we also initiated the training of farmers for free because at the end of the day, like those are the people we want to help. So I developed the guide and because of a language barrier, you know that not everyone understands English. So I developed the whole guide. My co-founder was like, okay, you did an amazing job. I can help you with the translation. So he did the translation. Amazing. Yeah, and we trained one of the farmer from Maguruven. She's called Raruya Moro. 
she ended up selling. She she sold to the hotel first before us. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's like that's something we are very proud of, and um, that's what makes us unique. We just gave that knowledge and knowing that we are giving the same knowledge that we have to people, and she she made it. So how we identify? I identified her in a farming group. She has, she has she was washing like a tomatoes with very dirty water. I have some pictures for for just like remembering that like scenario. And she was drying them on an open space on a stone, so you could just imagine the dust, the rodents, and all the stuffs. So I had to say, okay, I am not an expert in the construction of greenhouse and all the stuff, but let's just try to put a temporary structure with the, the plastic and she didn't have the transparent plastic and said, okay, let's try that dark plastic. It really worked because it's dark. It absorbs a lot of it, heat. Yeah. yeah. And she produced like quality, quality tomatoes and she didn't have market. And we also started like posting about it on our social media platforms. We got a lot of people by the end of the day, people were like, I want to buy to her, not because I like the tomatoes, but I want to help her. And I told, can you just try a local hotel? Because like we used to sell like in some of, like we took our prototypes to some of the hotels, they showed interest. So I told like, maybe you should go and try Guru, like a, a local hotel. And she went and she got her tomatoes bought. And that was like, I think the good news of the whole lockdown. And so with that guide, we wow. trained more than 250 like farmers and people ended up asking for different staffs. And if we can, we can actually uh, do help. So that's about charging. Wow. And we support also our, our workers have different initiatives because they are women. So yeah, Tash has eight employees and five, five of them, we are women. Nice. Um, right. I love the idea. I carried the idea of, uh, of empowerment in, uh, in the organization. And um, um, sometimes I have like challenges. I, I do understand um, where actually I can make the real impact and also allow others be. So for example, people would, I would just like ask me, you are the founder and you are not uh, the CEO, why? Right, I, I always tell people that, yes, I'm not the CEO because uh, I can't like do being the CEO, leading the production and doing some other yeah. like areas that I do. So I just like, we just agreed with my co-founder that we can be the executive like director and I focus on things that I know the best and it's working. So he works on things like to do with, uh, to do with marketing and some other stuffs. I work in production. I make let him that. handle handle the marketing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But what? Yeah, you're focused on the product, right? Your your right. focus is on the product. Got it. It's on the product. It's on how the finance actually goes around uh, business development, 
Mm-hmm. Where are we taking the business to? And the what team actually support because we are a startup. And um, um, so I wanted also women to have positions. So you can find that um, um, <laughs> it's, it sounds weird, but that's how it is. In oh, production, sorry. we have all ladies. <laughs> yeah. Not be, not because like not because we didn't find actually we had this guy, uh, we wanted one person but the guy was really good. Or both the candidates were so good, so he worked with us temporarily on a voluntary basis, and I actually made sure that he developed he developed a rabbit um butong. We give him the facilities. And he could just say, how can I do this? And I was there to support him. So that is the, the, pro, the guy that like passed through our production. And we had another intern who could help. So most of the ladies, they work in, uh, in production and they're very good. And yeah, they're, the products they make, they are so amazing. I'm not in Zimbabwe, but I don't worry a lot because uh, they do things perfectly. And I also, like, as I told you that I make sure that I'm empowering them because I just told them that, you know, you are joining Chashi. Here we work as a family. If you have your idea, uh, I'm not a food scientist, but I'm so lucky that I went to a so practical, like, school. And most of the times, like, we have like oh obvious some food scientist, but sometimes they struggle with like things easy things because I'm a very practical person. We help each other figure things out. So the yeah. first lady we helped her develop um the gem, and she now she has like a fruit gem line. I learned how to make gem in Costa Rica and say okay. Yeah, she's helping the company. Why can't I just help her do the same? So she has her own. I know like one day we're going to make like similar products. But what I believe is that if I'm going to execute it, I'm not here, I'll execute it differently. So it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter. She has her own brand in the other girl. Um, she, she is into drinks. And I also did like uh, production, like we also have like drinks uh, in, uh, in the blueprint of uh, the product that will come like years, few years, I think few years to come. Right. Dropping that seed in there for us. Yeah. yeah so, we'll look for it. Okay. Yeah. I supported you. Said, yeah. ah, okay, I think like maybe the best way you can make it without using like uh, preservatives and make sure that the product is quality you cast your code because you don't have money this is how to do it so that's like the spirit that we have in chashi we value like um we value shared like shared value what we do that you know that makes like our business thrive and those working with us also succeed and the people we support so uh, I hope that I like I want that to be in place so that the generation that will carry the business forward, they will found that foundation in in the business. So everything like I tell people that everything what we are doing right now is important because it determines the future 
of the company beyond like my generation. One day maybe I might walk up dead, but I want the company to continue. I want the leaguers to live. So we should impact those value in people working with us. So that like whenever anyone is coming to join the business, they also carry that value, that values. Um, we have an, yeah, we have an intern. When she comes said, oh yeah, I want to. Then one day she told me that forget, uh, when I go back to school, I want to come back and work with Chashi. Then I was like, why? She said, <laughs> um, you, the way you support people and the way we, you support everyone in the business is so amazing. I want to be with you, learn and start my own business. I thought, you okay, you, you work well when you go, you finish your studies. You can actually come back, we work, we can just take you by the hand, give you wings to fly when you are able to fly, when you want to go, you can still go because what we want is impact. So we believe that like, um, if we share the knowledge with one people, with one person, sorry, that person can go and multiply that, um, that impact and the credit will be always to us that, oh, we supported this person and the person go and supported that multiplier effect. So that is something I actually learned from Comfort that I was supported by Comfort uh, and the Comfort sisters, they also do the same. They multiply the effect. So it's how best we can make sure that we multiply the effects. And that is actually um, a way of having limited resources and having a yes. greater impact. So I don't need resources for impacting 1,000, 1,000 people. I might need resources for impacting eight people that I have in my company and uh, through those eight people will go impact one person or three. So now we are 12, if those three do the same, I can actually get to a thousand through doing it, helping others to make sure that we reach the goal. Yeah. Well said, an incredibly motivational, um, no, and I love the the concept of shared prosperity, mm -hmm. right? I think that's that's one of the big takeaways for me. And I I know as as young as young leaders, um, you know, young leaders have a hard time, and I I resonate with this um, mm -hmm. of letting other people take on things that they're probably better than me at, you know. And um, there's this you know culture of control and wanting to to do everything yourself but it that's impossible to do if you want to have impact yes yeah. yeah so you know what what i have realized is that like um you can't make great impact alone you make great impact with others, right? I told you when I went to Eth University, the most thing that struck my mind is uh, the concept of shared prosperity. Yeah. And right, I I saw the model working uh, with Comfed. I tried it and it gave me like uh, the same uh, kind of results. 
And I was supported by the MasterCard Foundation. I think you know MasterCard, right? Yeah. They support like bright people, you know, from Africa so that they go and develop their, their communities. They value transformative leadership, right? Mm. So you know like how I'm connecting the dots, right? How can I be stingy with um, like with a skill that I got for free. For example, MasterCard Foundation paid almost 250,000 US dollars for me to spend four years, uh, almost four years and a half in Costa Rica, getting tickets. They gave me the opportunity to travel, went to South Africa, went to Rwanda, right? Wow. Um, I see like, yeah, U.S., Netherlands, all this stuff because of a generous act of somebody. I don't know like who gave MasterCard that money, right? Mm. So if I can't like say, maybe maybe what I'm sharing is not even worth than that 250,000 U.S. dollars. And I'm here, wow. I come to a world-class university. I studied at University of Edinburgh. My, all of my tickets, board, accommodation, I have a stipend. Uh, I get the support that I need. So that is enough, like I told you, of comfort, taking me to a boarding school, paying a lot of money uniforms each and every year i ended up having like four uniforms because each and every year they could bring me a uniform and actually some parents like maybe buy uniforms uh, for four years twice but every year i could have uniforms so it's uh and learning that comfort get that money through donations through people who just like see ah, okay we can support this cause Right. So those are the things that like, even you are a selfish person, you ask yourself and just to say, actually, if I combine like all this effort from uh, World Vision, Beam, Comfort, MasterCard, giving me scholarship twice, making me a traveled person. And now I can safely call myself uh, a global citizen from the village. You know, that's a lot. And if we have like that kind of mentality that, okay, some to say uh, to whom much is given, much is expected. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. I can say to whom much is given, it comes with uh, a responsibility. And that responsibility is up to you, what you do, what the legacy, because what comfort is doing, it's its legacy. People will remember comfort for that. People will remember MasterCard for that. Uh, people also one day remember me for what I'm doing. So that's like the values I told you that I want maybe generations to come in Chashi to, to, uh, to partake that kind of uh, learning, that kind of values that um, in Africa, we have what we call Ubuntu, right? So Ubuntu, it means that I am because you are, right? I love that. 
right? I am because you are, right? So it means that I can be forget because uh, of Thomas. I can be forget because of my community. My community can be a community because of me, right? Mm -hmm. So those are the like type of values that uh, I carry. Amazing. Right? And those are the types of values that make me, um, you know, every day I just tell people that compassion is uh, the way I walk through life every day, right? I, I don't pity for people. I just like think of a way I can actually relieve their pain. I, I feel for them, right? And I don't, I do not just like feel, I feel with action. So maybe to put it like in one phrase that our action is the heart of compassion and it's helping without any strings attached that I'm helping what I will get because those people who supported me with a lot of thousands and thousands of dollars. They supported me. I, they didn't even know that whether I will make impact as they're expecting mm. or not, but they just believed that, okay, we are going to do it. Yeah. Whether I make impact or not, they did it, right? Mm. So that's the same. Yeah. Well, I've been furiously writing all these, I, I feel like you should be quoted in every single motivational or inspirational booklet because it, it, it's, it's so true. And I think it, it's a great, it's a great vision to, to leave people with here today because, um, you know, action is at the heart of compassion and, um, there's a lot of talk that can be done and, um, you know, I think I need to be better about this in a lot of ways in my own life too, but action is at the crux of everything. And, um, we are because of the people around us. And exactly. I, I really, really love that too. So, um, yeah. thank you for getting, and, um, I, I will make sure that everyone has a chance to, to see Chashi foods and um, have a chance to engage with that. I will also make sure everyone has access to CampFed and the work that CampFed is doing. And um, it's amazing to hear about this association network. And um, I know that um, hopefully people will want to get involved and see how they can support. But um, is, is there anything else that you'd like to, to leave us with today? Um, you know, advice for people who, you know, might be starting a, a company or an organization, um, you know, I think for, for us, uh, you know, the project that we're working on called Brim, mm -hmm. there's, there's a lot of room for, for negativity and, um, you know, fear when it comes to this climate crisis, especially with, um, certain communities across the world that are most affected, but there are also signals of hope emerging everywhere. And um, you are a hundred percent one of those signs of hope. Yeah. So I just like um, uh, what uh, I, 
I can um, give as advice to anyone who want to start an organization or who want to start a company. Uh, do not make yourself an island. Right. Learn to collaborate. Mm. Right. Um, it's the thing of uh, starting a business or starting a company with whatever purpose it works because there are people giving you support. Right. So through collaboration, it just brings that much needed, um, much needed support, uh, strong networks. Right. And the thing is when you are in for change or when you are up to something, trust your instinct, right? What people would say, especially negative things, uh, it's none of uh, your business. Why it's none of your business? Mm -hmm. Because you have a greater picture of what you want to achieve. Yeah. Right. And those people might be criticizing you or might be saying something negative because they don't have uh, a whole picture, right, mm -hmm. of what you want to do. Or I can say you have the whole map, right, of what you want to do, mm -hmm. the routes you want to take. So maybe those people are lost, are, are lost around your idea. Mm. You give them a compass to give them the direction and uh, learn to listen. Uh, accept everything. Uh, I always say like something that brews you, uh, it will not kill you. <laughs> it just brews yeah. you maybe to find help, you know? So be open-minded because people will always say there will be some people who come in just to say, I think like this is the stupid thing that I ever had in my life. <laughs> or some of the people who come because of their experiences they had, they'll come and say, okay, we tried this, but it failed, right? Just understand that you are two different people. You have like maybe their experience might not be your experience. But learn to listen, learn to listen without judging people. Because uh, at the end of the day, in positive things, we learn something. In negative things, we learn something. Mm -hmm. So uh, I can say like negative thing and positive things, both are functional uh, when it comes to a way of molding you, of molding your, your ideas. Uh, to be the best so yeah those are the things that you you should actually expect not only from outsiders but within a team it's not going to be rosy every mm. day there will be time that you have to make tough decisions you have to fight to agree right so mm. always you will meet people with different opinion learn to accommodate it's accommodating but not allowing like other people to carry you to their own direction yeah you listen and you say thank you <laughs> i i have met people actually yeah. who offended me 
mm. who told me like maybe the bitter truth that I didn't want to hear or who told me the things that broke me up. But today I still continue because I learned to say, ah, okay, um, I have listened to everything you said, thank you. But I think I am of a different opinion. Mm. I don't know when exactly would this information will save me, but thank you for, for telling me that. Right. I take everything and you know that maintaining that positive um positive attitude is everything. Uh, but I wanted to say one thing, sorry. Yeah, no problem. Uh, about when we are tackling like um uh, climate change, that maybe we need a very innovative way, um uh, blended finance. Mm. and uh, also building data. So to anyone who is going to work on, uh, on uh, a climate initiative, uh, learn to, to measure, I will find that I have like a better way of just expressing it. Yeah, take your time. Um, all right, just to give me a minute. <laughs> Put something in my archives because uh, at times I can just like forget and all right. So the thing is about measure, capture and benchmark. Mm -hmm. So I think like those are the maybe three main components that like can be part of, um, of uh, that like a project you capture, you measure, you benchmark into your report. And I think uh, building report around like those kind of initiatives is very important when giving people like the sense of impact, the impact of climate change or and uh, the impact uh, of as well, the work people uh, are doing because sometimes like we argue a lot and um, to the extent that like there was a point people also could not believe in like scientific knowledge till we get to this COP. So I think like the main lesson here is we need to always capture, measure, we benchmark our success, we benchmark our progress and then we report it. So by doing so we can actually motivate others. Yeah, so that that's what I wanted to say. Awesome. So thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. Forget I. This is an amazing conversation, and um, I look forward to continuing it over the years. Um, let's definitely stay in touch, and good luck with everything. Um, I'll make sure everyone can can find their way to support you and the things that you're working on. Um, and let us know if there's anything that we can do along the way to, to be a help to you and everything you're working on, because it's, it's all amazing. Uh, Thank you so much. So if you need any collaboration along the way, do not um, uh, hesitate to reach out. I appreciate so, that. Yeah, just to reach out. And cool. if there is an opportunity to collaborate, why not? I love it. All right. Well, forget. Thank you so much. And um, yeah, we'll be in touch.